from time to time I have people ask me, and it's kind of an odd question, but they'll go, I'm greeting people before service or whatever, and they'll go, hey, are you going to be funny today? <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. I, you know, I don't, I don't really plan that so much. I do try to use humor some because I believe a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. But uh, we're, we're going to get into some stuff today. And so just in case I'm not funny today, I uh, want to go ahead and take care of that and tell you something up front, okay? Uh, I read about the, the Navy had a, a ship out in the Pacific and suddenly they saw smoke on the horizon and they kind of ventured that way and were looking, you know, with high-powered uh, binoculars and so forth and they saw an island and smoke coming from that island and they checked and they said, this island is not on the maps. This is uncharted island. And so they got a little closer to it and then they sent some boats out to go check it out and they noticed as they were looking, there were three huts on the beach and smoke was coming out of like a chimney in one of the huts. So they got closer and they, they sent a crew in and the, as they landed on the beach, this castaway comes out and he goes, I'm so glad y'all are here. He said, I've been here by myself for 10 years. And they go, oh my goodness. And they said, you said you're by yourself? And he said, yes. And he goes, then why are there three huts? And he goes, oh, well, the one with the smoke coming out, I live in that one. And he goes, in the other one there, that's where I go to church. And the captain looked and he goes, well, what about the third one? He goes, oh, that's where I used to go to church. <laughs> so. Let's, let's go to Matthew 26. In a hurry. Matthew 26, verse 36, I'm beginning a series called Watch and Pray. Everybody say, Watch and Pray. I, I believe today could be life-changing for all of us here. It says, Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane. Gethsemane actually means um, oil press. And said to the disciples, Sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and two of the sons of Zebedee, and he began to be, notice all of this, he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. He went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, a second time he went away and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. I want to zero in on verse 41 here. It says, Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. 
This is part of an account of a, a, a pivotal event in kind of the countdown to the cross where Jesus would pay for full atonement, our redemption. It's the plan of God, but it involves incredible, just unspeakable anguish and distress, distress of mind, distress of emotion, distress of, of body, spiritual distress. Jesus is in incredible distress. It, it, it honestly, when you read this and take your time and imagine this a little bit, it distresses me a little bit to see my Savior in, in this way. And there in the text, it shows that he was sorrowful and deeply disturbed. He was crushed with grief. The Amplified Bible says almost dying of sorrow. In Luke 22, in Luke's account of this, it reads this way, and hear these words exactly, that, he, that sweat fell like blood pouring to the ground. Now, that's a metaphor there that, you know, I've heard some people say there's a rare medical condition where under such stress you can actually, uh, you know, bleed out your pores or whatever. Um, be that the case or not, at least this, he is sweating so profusely that he's saying it is, it is like, you know, if you were to be cut seriously in blood pouring from you because of the anguish and the distress that, that he is in at this point. And it's because he knew that suffering awaited. It's because he knew, as, as chapter 20, verse 28 tells us, he was about to give his life a ransom for many. Amen. He also knew that he was about to, and this is incredible, we can't fully imagine this, he's about to absorb the wrath of God for the sin of all mankind. And so there's incredible stress and distress. This, he is coming into the most intense spiritual conflict and battle that there's ever been. And he's coming into that time. So he is feeling these things and feeling these things deeply. Imagine these words, crushed with grief, crushed with grief, sorrowful even to the point of death. And now a mob comes with swords and clubs led by Judas, the betrayer, and, and as they they come, they forcibly seize him and forcibly take him away. And you need, you need to um, realize what Jesus said to them. He said, why are you coming with all the swords and clubs and all of this? He said, every day I'm peacefully in the temple teaching. You could have got me at any one of those times. But this is the thing we've got to realize again. This is God's plan. This is God's timetable. I, I've heard people say, I'll tell you, if I was there, I wouldn't have let all this happen. You wouldn't have been able to stop it. It was the plan of God. It had to go that way, and it would go off without a hitch. There were so many uh, uh, angels assigned to that scene right there. Thousands and thousands of angels assigned to just that garden scene. Jesus said, right now I could call... And my father would release so many angels. They would just burst in here. They, they'd take it. If, if I needed that to happen, that's available. I mean, you just would not believe the, un, the unseen fortification that was there to make sure that the plan of God happened. But yet there's incredible stress because of the incredible ruin that sin had brought to mankind. Well, let's look at something here. The disciples in what happened in this event, look what they did. They all freaked out. 
uh, they panicked. Peter cut a guy's ear off. Let, let me comment on that. Peter wasn't that good. This wasn't like, you know what I'll do? I'll cut his ear off. No, he, he was aiming for something else. Y'all got to know. But he cut the guy's ear off. Jesus actually made a new one. Fixed the guy. They panicked. They scattered. They fled. They hid. That's what the disciples did. What did Jesus do? Jesus carried himself with dignity. And he stayed on the plan. And he stayed on the path. And the difference is Jesus prayed and his disciples slept. Jesus prayed, his disciples slept. And Jesus has instructed us the same way he instructed them to watch and to pray. Now I'm going to say this several times this morning. But there is a preparedness, a readiness that comes to us only through watching and praying. There's a readiness that we can have for life and the situations of life. Because listen to me. None of us are going to face such an intense event as Jesus and disciples did right there. None of us ever. But if that was the instructions in preparation for what was about to go down right there, if that was his instructions to watch and pray, if that would help them to get through that, then you know what? That will help anything that you and I ever come up against. Now I want you to get this. There is a preparedness that comes to us only through watching and praying. Because you need to know this. Prayer cannot fix right now. A lot of people are confused about this, and we're going to work on this during this this series over the next few weeks. I want to fix right now. You can't fix right now, honey. Prayer doesn't even touch right now. Prayer enters your future. Prayer enters the next moment you'll be standing in. And so you have to realize your future, my future, is paved in prayer. And what prayer does, it prepares you. And there is a preparedness that can come to you, a readiness that would come to you if you will watch and pray. And there's no other way to have it. And you can sleep, you can be spiritually drowsy, you can do other things, and you're not going to get out. You, You won't be ready. Church, hear me. You won't be ready. And you will be ready and you will be prepared. Let's, let's talk about the Apostle Paul for a moment, the end of the book of Acts. He's under arrest. They put him on a ship. They're sending him to Rome. I promise you, Paul was watching and praying. Y'all, just read 26, 27, 28 in, in the book of Acts. You're going to see that Paul is watching and praying. And a storm comes up. And a shipwreck comes. And in the middle of all of that, with these trained sailors and soldiers and and, and all of that, it was Paul in direct connection with heaven. An angel even stood before him and told him some things that would happen. Totally prepared, Paul was able to storm and shipwreck and all, act and carry himself in dignity and stay on the plan where everybody else was about to pull their hair out and the hair out of other people. I'm telling you, there's a preparedness that comes to our life for whatever would be ahead of us that only comes to us through watching and through praying. Can you say amen? Amen. Prayer, uh, as I said, it doesn't change the right now. It just prepares the future that is just ahead of you. The days that we live in demand, they demand that we watch 
and pray. Everybody say watch and pray. Now when I say watch and pray, I'm not talking about being paranoid. I'm not talking about panicking. I'm not talking about, oh, we're wearing this and I heard this and I saw that and somebody told me and I saw on TV and <sighs> we're not talking about that kind of watching. We're talking about a watching. I want you to follow me on this. Look at me on this. A watching where you look out and you look around and I'm not just talking about with these eyes. That you watch, you look out and you look around and you look up in prayer and then you can look and go forward with some confidence. Do you follow me? You've got to pay attention. You've got to look, look out and look around. I'm talking spiritually speaking mostly. And then look up in prayer. Then you can look forward and go forward with some confidence because that preparedness will come to you as you watch and as you pray. Are you still with me so far? Let's look at a couple of things here this morning. First of all, I want to look at a reality. And we see in the second part of verse 41 that we're focusing in on, it says, the spirit indeed is willing. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is what? Is that, is that your case too? That's all of our story, okay? The reality is a, a condition exists, a tension exists, that there's a willingness of spirit and there's a weakness of flesh. The spirit, and, and let me say this, they're both predisposed that way. The spirit part of you, that's the spirit part of you, that's the internal, uh, eternal, invisible part of you that would connect with God. You're with me, bob your head, do something here. Okay. Uh, that part of you is predisposed toward the things of God and toward what is right. It wants what is right. It wants what is good. It has good and right intentions. Okay. The flesh part of you, not just your skin, thank God, but the flesh part of you, that's your human nature. That part of you, guess what? It, it, that's not the case with it. It is, it is weak. And I, I'm not going to take exception with Jesus, but it kind of explains some things to me. Jesus said that the flesh is weak. Guess what? Flesh is strong. That human nature is strong. It's weak in the sense that it lacks any moral stamina. The flesh, that nature part of you, listen to me, it is unable. It is unable to carry through on the good intentions of your spirit. Look at me. This is your main problem. This is my main problem. It's a reality. It's a condition that exists in all mankind that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is is weak. And you know what this does? This keeps you divided. This keeps you divided in yourself. I want to do this, but I end up doing this. And we'll talk more about that in just a few moments. And this is our main problem. Let's think about Peter just for a moment. And in this passage and previous verses related to this passage that we read just a moment ago. I believe that Peter was sincere. I believe he was so passionate and so sincere about the things of God. Peter gets a bad rap sometimes. People go, ah, well, he stepped out on the water and he took a couple steps and, and then he sunk like a rock. Well, I don't remember you even doing any of that. <laughs> and he had just this, this passion that once the Holy Spirit and the message of the kingdom locked in together on him, a world changer. 
He was, he was part of the breaking in of the kingdom of God. Incredible. Just the raw material of that, he's a whole lot like us. And that he was sincere. I, I, and he stated to Jesus, he said, Jesus said, you're going to deny me. He goes, I, I would never deny you. I think he was emphatic. I think he was sincere. I will never deny you. Everybody else might deny you. I will not deny you. And he also said this. He said, I won't desert you. I will not desert you. I would die. He said this. I would die before I would desert you and deny you. And the, and the scripture goes on to say this too. And, and the other said the same thing. But Peter is marked for that. Peter said that. And then what happened? Then what happened? Peter overreacts. Peter cuts the guy's ear off. Peter runs and hides. Peter follows from a distance. He denies Christ three times. Once just in the presence of a little slave girl. And he got so strong on that too that he cursed and even swore that he never knew him, never seen him, never heard of him. What happened? The first part, I will never deny you. I would die before I would deny you. What is that? That's his spirit. And then you've got the weakness of the flesh. And it divided a Peter. And so you know what? That was the reality of him that in that way then, spirit willing, flesh was weak. And let me tell you, Jesus gave him what he needed, but he didn't take what he needed. Spirit was willing, flesh was weak. But what, what happened? Peter slept instead of watching and praying, which could have made a difference. The result is the flesh wins. The reality is... Your spirit, my spirit is willing. The reality is your spirit, your flesh, my flesh is weak and it leaves us unprepared and it leads us off balance. Which leads to the next thing and here's the result. This reality, y'all here? Y'all are so quiet. Did someone threaten y'all or something? Okay. The reality is what? My spirit is willing, my flesh is weak. That left unchecked will bring about this result. And Jesus predicted this. He just stated this. He said, watch and pray, lest, watch this, lest you enter into temptation implied for the spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Okay, follow this. Reality, spirit is willing, flesh is weak. Without any help, without any intervention in that, the result will be, listen to me, you will enter into temptation. You will enter into temptation. And not just you will have temptation, you will enter in to temptation. You say, don't say that over me. Hold on, we're going to get to the rest of this in just a moment. And I'll go ahead and tell you the next part. Don't tell anybody else. Remedy. We'll get to the remedy in a minute. But follow me. The reality, spirit is willing flesh is weak and if we don't get a remedy for that the result will be you will enter into temptation temptation there is not just an enticement to do evil it has to do with affliction it has to do with trouble it has to do with problems you will enter into some things that you don't have to listen that you don't have to enter into you'll enter into those things if this goes unchecked You'll be unable to stay on the right path, and you'll be unable to resist the wrong path. This is the human story. This is the human battle, that we will to do good, and we end up doing bad. Come on. Romans chapter 7, Paul talked about it. 
He said, the things that I want to do, I end up not doing. And things that I don't want to do, I find myself doing. And I've got all these good intentions, and I'm going along, and I do the very dumb, stupid things that that I never wanted to do, and I end up doing those things. And the things I said, I'll never do that. Then I find myself doing those things. He goes, there's, there's something wrong. There's something else here. And this is why it does us good to dissect this and bring this down. Jesus did us a huge favor. He said, here's the spirit and here's the flesh. Because otherwise, if you just think you're just this one big blob of wonderful and you don't ever stop to see what all's working going on here, he says, I find there's something warring within me. And the thing that's warring within me, let me just rephrase it. My spirit is willing, but my flesh, my lower nature, my sinful nature, it's weak. And I'm not able to carry out then what I'm wanting to do, what I'm willing to do, the intentions of my spirit. I'm not able to do those things. Does this register with anybody here? And he said, what am I going to do? Who can help me? And he says, thank God. Jesus Christ can and does. Well, how does he? So let's look to Jesus. And what did Jesus direct us to do? Jesus then leads us to the remedy. Everybody say remedy. I know, I, I know you've, we've gone over this, but repetition is an incredible teacher, okay? The reality is spirit is willing. Flesh is weak. If you don't do something about that, the result will be you will enter into temptation, test, trials, adversity, challenges, and problems that you don't even have to go near. They don't have to be a part of your life, but you'll be unable to stay on the right path and unable to resist the wrong path unless you get a remedy for this. Does anybody know the remedy? I heard it. Watch and pray. Say it. Watch and pray. Okay, go with me on this now. What is it again? That's three words. What, what was word two? And. This is watch and pray. Say it with me. Watch and pray. Jesus gave us a combo. Okay, you've got to have both parts of this. Have you ever gotten that glue before and it's like in, there's like a syringe and there's like two tubes? And you've got to do that just right and then the two elements come together and then it's you know bonded forever okay but if you say well I'm going to save this side and I like this side because it's purple when you're going to use that it ain't going to work so this is a combo you have to have both listen carefully you have to watch and pray if you watch and you don't pray you're just going to worry And if you pray and you don't watch, you're going to pray some really mamby-pamby, sissy, cottage cheese prayers. Jesus, thank you for lilies and help all missionaries. And may I win the Reader's Digest contest. That's pathetic. And in days like this, church, listen to me. In the days we live in, it demands that you watch and pray. And you can't pray little sissy prayers. You can't pray little prayers that are just about little frou-frou things. You've got to watch and you've got to pray. And if you pray and you don't watch, you're going you're gonna to waste a whole lot of little prayers. They're going to be unfocused. They're going to be unproductive. They're going to be ineffective. 
You've got to watch and pray. Again, if you watch and you don't pray, you're just going to worry. But if you will watch and pray, that is where the difference is going to come into your life. That's what we're going to be working on here. Watch and pray and, and hear this. And this is a strong statement, but I believe it. If you don't watch and pray, y'all listen to me? If you don't watch and pray, this is what I think. The devil's going to win by default. If you don't watch and pray, you're going to be so unprepared and out of balance that when you get in, step into the arena to fight the devil, you'll trip yourself and knock yourself out. He doesn't have to work to bring a whole lot against you if you don't watch and pray. He'll win by default because you won't be prepared for things that are ahead. If you watch and pray, I'm, I know this. The Holy Spirit of God that is assigned to help you will even show you things to come. Order your steps. Light up your path. Protect you. Hedge about you. Trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Have all of that in front of you. But if you're not watching and praying and you're playing Christian and just coming to church and think that's your answer, and do come to church. Because then I'm going to ride you all the way to the barn to make sure you get this message, okay? But we've got we to get a hold of this. The days that we live in demand that you watch and pray. Don't go home without watching and praying. Don't get up without watching and praying. Don't go to your place of business or work without watching and praying. There's a spiritual alertness that God would bring to you and show you how to pray. He will lead you. He will help you in this so that you don't have to enter temptation. So that you don't have to live frustrated and, and, and cynical even of your own efforts. Because I know I've got good intentions, but I always end up doing this. Fix it! Okay, I'll try harder. It's not about trying harder. It's about watching and praying and there's a preparedness that will come to you that will get you through storms, that will get you through intense events. God will get you through as you watch and as you pray. I believe this with all my heart, and I know this is strong too, but there are so many things, so many things that could be avoided. So many things that could be averted. So many things you could overcome. So many times you could stay on track. So many things you would handle better. So often you would have a different outcome and so often you would have a different outlook if we would only watch and pray. How many of you know you would have handled some things better had you been praying about something? I mean, we, we wouldn't be trying to cut somebody's ear off and running and hiding and doing all kinds of weird things. There are situations that come, and listen to me, they come. And in the world we live and in the life that we live and on the turf that we travel, situations come. And I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to, I'm trying to help you. Pastor John had a word, I believe, from heaven this morning. Amen. That you don't have to be afraid. The darker it gets on the earth, the brighter it gets, the brighter the glory of God, as Isaiah tells us, upon his people. So you've got to decide, folks, which, which side of this thing. We want to play world and kind of do church. It, it, hey, roll calls now. Roll calls now. I don't know. What, I don't know what's out ahead. I'm not trying to scare anybody. I, I hate being scared. I don't want. I just want people prepared. 
I want people prepared. I want you prepared. And I'm going to tell you, Jesus told us, he told his disciples in the most intense spiritual conflict that was to take place in the whole countdown of that. Watch him pray. Watch him pray. Watch him pray. How many of you know they would have handled things a whole lot better had they watched him pray? Now, to watch, and we'll, we'll break all this down in the weeks to come. To watch means to be aware, alert, awake. No spiritual drowsiness. Because when you get into spiritual drowsiness, you fall into group think and group speak, and you don't think for yourself, you don't read for yourself, you don't pray for yourself, and you end up be- becoming this averaged-out Christian, and, y- and you're real susceptible to all kinds of uh, uh, conspiracy theories and everything else. We get little self-righteous parties going on, and that's exactly what the enemy would love to do with this amazing army, the body of Christ. Let's get them neutralized into little things. Instead, if people will just rise up, and, and, and watch me on this again, if they'll look out and look around, spiritually speaking. Pay attention, all eyes and ears, but listening in your heart. Watching on the inside. Look out. Look up in prayer. You're going to be able to look and go forward with some confidence. Amen? Amen? So we watch, but we also pray. And I do believe this, that as you watch properly, you're going to better know how to pray. And you're going to get help. And you're going to get direction. And you're going to get answers. It's all over the Bible. Let me read you a couple verses here. Colossians 4.2. Continue earnestly in prayer. Being vigilant or watchful in it with thanksgiving. Ephesians 6.18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Do you see it? It's prayer. It's watching. It's prayer. It's watching. And again, don't get confused with this. Don't give, it's not just watching with these eyes. It's not just watching the news. It's not just watching world events. We can't help but watch them. They're everywhere. They come to your phone. They're, they're on billboards, digital billboards as you drive by. It's everywhere. All your friends are constantly doing all this and telling you, hey, did you hear this one? And, and so, you know, you're going to have an awareness of all of those things. But this, this is not the watching that we're talking about. Watch all of that, but you watch it through a different filter. And you watch from the inside out. You have to be aware. And I believe, and we'll look at this uh, next week even, the Holy Spirit, if you'll just make yourself with that vigilance, with that, with that watchfulness, he's going to make so many things known to you. You're going to have some discernment. You're going to be able to read things better, and you're going to know how to pray better. And here's the dynamic combo, that when you watch and pray, there's a preparedness that comes to you that you can't get in any other way. The days that we live in demand... That we watch and pray. Watch and pray, or I think the devil wins by default. Again, there's a preparedness that comes to us only, only through watching and praying. And it has to do with your future. Look at me just as I close here. It has to do with your future. Watching and praying can't change anything this instant. But it prepares you for the next instant. You know what the devil loves to do? It's just get you to cooperate and build a little wall around yourself and say, this moment, this is my life. This is bad, and I lack here, and I hurt here, and I got this. And he fools you into thinking that your present situation are permanent fixtures in your life. Instead, what you do by watching and praying is you break out of it and go, this is maybe what it is right now. 
But you can begin to pray and get out into your future. We teach this around here. Your future is paved in prayer. Get into your future. You don't like your present? Get into your future. You're not sure what your future is? Get into your future by watching and praying. I tell you, somebody who knows the future. And they don't write a column for the newspaper. God Almighty is God. One of the reasons that he is he alone is God, is he's able to see and declare the end from the beginning. He knows your next step. He knows your next week. He knows the rest of your life. And what we need to do is connect with our Heavenly Father, connect with all the power of heaven by watching and praying. The reality is, spirit is willing, flesh is weak. That left unchecked, the result of that is going to be you're going to enter into more stuff than you should ever have to even enter into. The remedy for that is that you watch and pray. And as you watch and pray, there's a preparedness that will come to you that you can't get in any other way. Watch and pray. Did you get anything at all out of this today? Thank you, Lord.